All of us age and so do the books and it's really interesting how the books that we read they age the people they talk about and the circumstances they talk about how they turn out to be so i say these things in the context of uh, william dalrymple's book the age of kali in which he goes to pakistan and he um talks about imran khan he meets him too and that was back in uh, the book was published in 1998 and uh, today imran khan is the prime minister of pakistan back then he wasn't he was just entering the politics and uh, it's quite interesting to go back to these books and read what was going on then in his life what did dalrymple see then so he starts this chapter by saying that uh, i interviewed imran khan twice once in 1989 when he was still a bachelor playboy and captain of the pakistan cricket team and then again 7 years later after his marriage when he had entered politics to campaign against corruption in pakistani public life and uh, we all know how far he's gone now so let's just see how this chapter unravels and let's go back to lahore in 1989 what does dalrymple say so i'm going to read it from the book itself so here we go if you brought together kylie minogue george michael princess diana Ian Botham, Prince Charles and you bred them and created some monstrous celebrity super creature that being might possibly figure in British gossip columns as prominently as Imran Khan does in the press of Pakistan. The man is a national obsession. he combines the status of royalty the prestige of a cabinet minister and the gossip value of a pop star in a country which doesn't have any royals and uh, whose cabinet ministers are hopelessly corrupt and whose pop stars are mostly indian and therefore national enemies every chai wala in the country can and will give you a breakdown of imran's um batting and bowling statistics the details of the horoscope and a list of his girlfriends in um, english or urdu whether or not you ask him his sex life is a matter of national speculation imran khan has too many girlfriends my rickshaw driver announced on the journey from the border i've heard he has a soft soft spot for english girls i said English girls yes replied the rickshaw driver also pakistani girls indian girls german girls bangladeshi girls also they are saying sri lankan girls and american girls french girls italian girls spanish girls african girls and chinese girls all girls lots of too many girls those not busy worrying about his sex life spend their time trying to marry him off You see he's intelligent educated and comes from a good family explained the tweed jacketed school teacher in the bus he's a very eligible young man following imran around pakistan i soon discovered 
the extent to which this is aura rubs off on those even distantly associated with him just having a copy of his autobiography in my hand got me through customs unchecked and allowed me to change my traveler's checks at a special rate judicious dropping of his name provided free taxi rides free meals discounted hotel bills and enough cups of tea to rupture my bladder now imran khan is indisputably a very good looking man i first saw him on the balcony of the players pavilion during the pakistan versus india test at sialkot he was leaning forward and his familiar dark features and mane of coal black hair offset by the white of his cricket jersey when a while later it was his turn to come out to bat the already volatile crowd exploded into an orgasm of cheering horn tooting banner waving and generally unabashed idolatry what are they saying i asked the man sitting next to me these ladies are saying that they want to marry imran khan he replied blushingly and they are saying that their love is like an ache in their belly Imran Khan is an intriguing compendium of contradictions extrovert and cripplingly shy openly arrogant yet disarmingly modest austere and sensual jet-set yet oddly primitive he can switch from one persona to another with remarkable ease the cricketer and the gossip column playboy are the familiar facades the pious muslim is another face there is also imran the oxford graduate who has strong and fairly coherent political views has written a very readable autobiography and is working on a travel book on the indus and yet perhaps the most surprising aspect of his, of his character is his tribal sympathies imran is a pathan of afghan origins and is highly conscious of it the friends with whom he was staying were pathans as was zakir khan the only other member of the pakistani team invited to supper imran's cricket bat and sportswear are made by a company owned by a pathan of his tribe if he eventually submits to an arranged marriage which he thinks is a possibility it will only be to a pathan girl he says all my sisters have married pathan husbands if i let my father choose my wife he would almost certainly choose a pathan my family came to the subcontinent from afghanistan about 500 years ago but we kept our identity by refusing to marry outside the tribe the pride of race is deeply ingrained in every pathan child i asked him if he was therefore irritated by the entire country acting as his personal marriage broker so he said i just cannot understand this massive concern for my marriage Whenever I'm doing badly in a match the crowds always start screaming you're getting old you should get married I've never yet understood why they think marriage would improve either my batting or my bowling then there is the press I seem to get engaged about 3 times a year my father used to get upset when he woke up and read the news though I hadn't bothered to tell him but even he stopped believing it all by now and then the writer turns to lahore 
I will vote for Imran Khan, said the man on the motorbike, because he's a very good cricketer and because he has a very nice inner beauty. Imran's convoy had been ambushed by cheering fans as it drew to a halt at the toll gate on the Lahore Islamabad highway. Amid a pall of smoke, an arsenal of Chinese firecrackers exploded by the side of the road while nearby a Punjabi wedding band in a mock regimental finery struck up, for he is a jolly good fellow. From every side, a thousand overexcited supporters closed in on the candidate, bowling out the chant Imran Zindabad, Imran Khan Wazir Azam. Imran Khan might have been pulling in record crowds out in the provinces, but in the political lobbies of Islamabad and the establishment drawing rooms of Lahore, it was extremely difficult to find anyone who really rated his chances at the election. In many ways, this was hardly surprising. Imran had launched his Tariqe Insaf only six months earlier. At the time, he believed he would have two years to prepare the party for a general election to form a set of coherent policies, set up offices and find really clean candidates to run them. The result was that for all his undoubted popularity, only few commentators in Pakistan took his challenge seriously. As the election drew near, they began to point out that he still had no credible grassroots organization, no big-name candidates and no clear policies. Moreover, his enemies questioned whether he had the intellectual capacity to form them. Not for nothing is he known here as Imdadim, said Abida Hussain, a former Pakistani ambassador to the United States and a candidate for Nawaz Sharif's Muslim League, which most people expected to win the election. It's a classic case of overdeveloped pectorals and underdeveloped brain cells. If you put any of our big movie stars up on the podium, they would probably pull up the crowds, but it doesn't mean anyone with any sense will vote for them. Would you vote for Ian Botham? Others dismissed Imran Khan as a hypocrite. What can you make of a man, they asked, who castigates what he calls the VIP culture? And then sends his wife to have her baby in the most expensive suite at the Portland Hospital. The Oxford-educated and thoroughly anglicized Pakistani who attacks the brown sahibs and their westernized ways. The ladies' man, once the darling of a hundred Fulham bedrooms, who now thunders from his podium about rooting out the western disease of promiscuity. Even his friends had reservations. I love Imran as a person, said one Lahore socialite. He's honest, he's sincere, he's got great integrity and he's totally incorruptible. But I still have the nagging worry that if he got into the power, he might have me stoned to death for adultery or cut my head off for drinking. He's got some pretty strange ideas. Have you heard how he's been promising to string up all corrupt politicians? And he means it, you know. Many of Imran's strange ideas are linked to his recent religious reawakening, the product of a midlife crisis following his mother's slow and painful death from cancer. This has brought about a profound change not only in his outlook but in his manner. 
Imran subscribes to the tolerant Sufi tradition of Islam and is no bearded uh, fundamentalist. But he takes his religion very seriously and his conversation is now peppered with Sufi anecdotes and even the occasional quotation from the Quran. More alarmingly, he believes that the Islamic Sharia law has much to recommend it, comparing the almost complete absence of petty crime in the tribals of Pakistan where Sharia is in force with the anarchy of New York at night. In the tribal areas, there has never been one single case of rape, he said at one point. To me, that is a million times better civilized than America, where there are one million rape cases per year. He has also expressed a rather unnerving admiration for some aspects of the Iranian Islamic revolution, pointing out, for example, that the Iranian literacy rate has risen from 60 to 90 percent since the fall of the Shah, a stark contrast to the situation in Pakistan where literacy is actually falling year by year. When, as a joke, I asked him whether he saw himself as Pakistan's answer to Ayatollah, he thought for a second before replying and said, not exactly. So that's how it goes. That's what Dalrymple tells us from 1989 and 1996. And 25 years later, he's the Prime Minister of Pakistan and I'm sure a lot of things would have changed. A lot of things might have remained the same. But it's very interesting to see or go back to the books which said certain things at one point in history and then you see the same people, the same characters, same observers growing old, becoming something else or preserving their identities. All of this is quite interesting.